Here I am finally ready to speak about this very, very rare moment in my life. Or at least I thought it was rare. I didn't know for so long that I was a codependent person. You know, most of the time you find this among ones who have suffered rejection for many years. Perhaps a parent walked out, a spouse walked out, friends walked away and just people you just looked up to. But two years ago is where I can honestly say my eyes truly begin to open. Although the diagnosis, the prognosis, they just did not look too good. Let me start off saying being a prayer leader, being an example to the community and to the people that are around me, I never would have thought that I would be telling you this story. First, let me say this story is very sentimental to me. It's very real to me. And I hope and I pray that it helps somebody on tonight, today, this morning, whenever you catch it. Two years ago, I'm sitting in the doctor's office and I'm learning some things about myself that I couldn't understand at first. I can say that this day was like, (laughs) it was a very much so eye-opening. It was an eye-opener. Let's just say that to start. I never thought in a million years that I would see a doctor sitting across from me with their legs crossed and writing the things that I'm saying to them to give me an idea what to do next. Hmm. Let's just say things begin to spiral really fast after my doctor told me, hey, Tanisha Richardson, yes, you will need medication to wake up in the morning and medication to go to bed at night. Mm-hmm. Now I'm looking like, Lord, I don't want no type of sedatives to make me do nothing. I don't want to be happy off of a pill. Now I'm I'm having internal dialogue as my doctor is yet talking to me. My mind has went to a whole nother place. I'm not saying because I have a right to feel this way because I did this, that, or the other. I'm just looking like, Father, I know there's another way out. I know being medicated that I can't properly deal with my spouse or deal with my children or deal with life. I know that this is not the end for me. I I just don't want to do this. So as soon as I got the diagnosis, I looked, I stared, I dried my eyes and I walked out. That's my right to walk out. And let's just talk about the title of this podcast today no is a complete sentence but don't you know when you say no there is a responsibility behind that word my responsibility was to go in and to know what God wanted me to do next since I didn't have the answer since my doctor didn't have the answer I needed an answer so of course you know what I did I began to seek the help of God I had hit a place in my life where I was severely depressed. I was diagnosed as clinically depressed because I didn't know what life was going to look like with a mom of six children. And my husband is always out of the home because he's always working, seemingly always gone. And I'm like, Lord, I don't think I can handle this alone. I don't think that I can do this by myself any longer. I don't know. These kids are growing too fast. It's too much to do. It's just too much going on. I'm going to need help. And in within me, I can feel myself breaking. 
And I had been giving out so much to everybody else. I had been praying for other people, not to gloat, not to put myself on a pedestal. But I realized there were some around me literally sucking the life out of me. And I didn't have the nerve to say no. But today is a new day. This week is a new week. Month and year, all new. And I found out that no is a complete sentence. I can say no to anybody. I can say no to my children about things that will stress me, my spouse, my parents, even my job. I will say no. Keep on the lookout for the next podcast that I'll talk about, about don't wait for people to say no to you. And it's dealing with being able to make a great decision for the future of yourself and your family. Coming soon. But I just wanted to talk about being in a position where a no is a complete sentence. You will not allow people to come in your life again and to dump junk on you. You're not a trash can. That's what I had to realize. Let's start right there. I had to realize I'm not a trash can. Why did I just allow somebody to come to my home or get on my phone with me? I pick up my phone for you or I receive a text from you and I allow you to pull all type of junk into my ear gate and my heart and different things like that, that I have to feel the way you feel. I had to cut that off, you guys. I had to just cut it off. And guess what? That's exactly what I did. That's exactly what I did. I had to cut them off. There is nothing wrong with cutting things off, cutting people off that is not benefiting to where you're going. And it's nothing wrong with it. You have to be able to discern and to decipher seasons and time. You know, uh, I think that's where most of us have been deceiving, will be deceived in the future if we're not careful. Because the enemy's job is to change the times and the season, laws, all those things. So we have to be careful to apply those things to our life. It's okay to apply. A pressure in this season. I would say just apply pressure on one. I think every one of us should be applying pressure to know more about who God has created us to be. And it's not that, you know, you're not friends or can't be a good friend or good spouse or anything like that. But it's been said all over. Self-care is the best care. We have to begin to care for ourselves and care enough that I will not fall into depression. And I will not fall into anxiety, you know, overthinking everything. I will get up and I will interrupt the lines of the enemy when he comes my way. And just a a token of truth, if you want to be able to interrupt the enemy's plan, you got to be full of the word. You got to be full of Holy Ghost. You got to be full because if you're on empty, you're not going to be able to fight back. Let me finish this story. And so after I was diagnosed clinically depressed and also anxiety, it was really the anxiety that had really began to take a toll. I didn't say that part, but the anxiety of just life or whatever was just weighing in on me. And you guys, let me tell you something. God loves us so much that deliverance is the children's bread. Now, a lot of people are shamefaced about walking through deliverance and different things like that. But let me tell you guys, I didn't take have deliverance at church. I walked inside of a hospital to meet a friend and we had deliverance service right there in the hospital. 
Do you understand what I'm saying? By the time I made it to the hospital after these different diagnoses and stuff like that, my chest was literally caving in. This was before the deliverance took place. I began to have these heart palpitations. I began to breathe really, really slow. It was like the walls and everything was closing in on me. It was like, if I don't get the deliverance tonight, I don't feel like I'm going to be able to go to sleep and wake up again. It was bad to me. I've never seen myself in this capacity. I've never seen myself like this before. And I don't want anybody, not even an enemy, to feel hopeless like I felt that day ever in their life. And I just pray Holy Spirit is prompting you right now to deal with whatever you're dealing with. If you have not reached the capacity to uh, walk yourself through and understand what Holy Spirit wants for us to, to get from the Father, I suggest that you get around some people that are stronger than you in the faith. I suggest you get around people that believe in the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, the blood of Jesus, the fire of God. I suggest that you get around people that believe believes that deliverance is surely the children's bread because had it not been for that moment I don't know where I would be and I surely walked in the hospital it's called Baptist East here in Memphis Tennessee and when I arrived they this woman particularly who ministered I, I don't know her name or I won't even disclose of her name for for reasons I won't do it when she saw me, she interrupted everything that she was doing and this woman began to reach the heavens in the name of Jesus. She began to pray for my soul's salvation to be activated. She began to pray that I will be healed. She began to pray whatever was holding me hostage will loose me now. And when I tell you I can sense the breaking power in that building. God is real and there is no distance, space or time that can keep you from him. There is nothing when God wants you delivered, when he wants you healed, he knows exactly where to find you. And I'm going to try to make it through this without crying because that was the day that I said no. That was the day that I said I'll never go back. God has freed me. He's given me another opportunity and another chance. And I will never sleep on it again. I won't overthink it again. I'm going to run this time. And after about three hours of deliverance, three hours of speaking life and getting up walking again, y'all, when I got up, I can literally breathe again. I can literally see again. I literally had hope, new hope again. And I just want to tell anybody that's under the sound of my voice, if you're going through any point in your life, if you're going through any depression of, or oppression, God is the breaker. We serve a God that can do anything but fail. We serve a God that has no distance in time and he know how to find you. I, we serve a God that loves us so much that he'll send deliverance to Memphis, Tennessee for you or wherever you're located in a hospital. Do you understand? There is no particular place when God wants everything okay for you that he won't find you. Even, if, even for me, the guy in, in the word where he was cutting himself over stones in the graveyard, naked. 
it, I believe that he was found in that grave and I believe his, his deliverance perhaps took, took place in that graveyard. That's my belief. So I just want to encourage you, trust and believe that he can and that he will deliver you wherever you are, wherever you are. He will do it because he's God. I'm going to end today. I hope that this has blessed someone, touched someone in a way to know that just because you're saying no doesn't mean that you're a rude person. Doesn't mean that you're a hateful person. Doesn't mean that you don't trust God. And all it's saying is we're not going to allow people or things to be dumped on us in this season or no season. We're going to be able to decipher and discern how we're going to deal with things and who we're going to deal with. It's, it's okay to protect our peace. It's okay. And that's what I had to do. I had to learn to protect my peace. I had to learn to protect myself by activating the word of God in my life. Until next time, you all have a blessed day.